somebody has an interesting question. Of course, I'm the boss. Of course, I'm the manager. But uh, at three o'clock, my influence in the game is is nothing. A coach is uh, somebody who should uh, see a lot of things. I think the most important things are your eyes and coaching. Michael, let's roll. AJ, AJ, how are you? All good, all good, all good. Yeah. Welcome inside the coach's room. Thank you. Good to good to have you here. Ah, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Well, we uh, we got connected uh, to our uh, contact. Well, through uh, through Lee, we have to give yeah. a shout out for this. He said you're going to be an interesting guy, so I'm pretty curious uh, how this will end up. But you already shared some things, small things uh, yeah. when we when we just started. But yeah. before we go into you and your story and everything, uh, um, uh, I have one standard question. Yeah. That's what is uh, the most essential item in your coach's room or in your office? Um, it's a difficult question. Uh, <laughs> so I would probably instantly say I have circular magnets yeah, yeah. Um, with the players' faces on and their date of births. Date of birth, um, yeah. Yeah, so that just allows me just to instantly, I guess, move, change the players around, formations, date of births, you know, what you know, what age group category are they playing in? Yeah, yeah. Are they 18, 23's first team? Um, and you, you instantly just, it just, rather than just having, writing a name on a whiteboard, you instantly just have a connection and, you know, you can able to talk to the coaches, the team and, if you want to have a conversation about one of the players, you pull the magnet down, you know, you, everyone sees who it is. And you know, that for me, that's a really, really, that's probably one of my favorite items in probably my coaching toolbox. Yeah. Um, alongside my, my colored pens, to be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah. That, are, you a, they're, they're are you the organized type with the, with the, with your book and your pens and everything is yeah. pretty strict and, and, and straight. Let's call it like that. Yeah. When it comes to like planning, um, yeah, I do like to have like, you know, pink or, you know, you might have pink bibs, yellow bibs, green bibs. And I like to have the players' names in those orders. Yeah. Um, so as soon as I go out onto the pitch, I'm already, I already know that, you know, the greens are going to be greens, etc. So yeah, I, I do like to have that, but we will have our days where you've got to work quite, you know, innovatively off the yeah. cuff and sharp. So I don't mind that either. But um, yeah, if I can plan, then that's exactly how I would do it. Yeah. So the way the, the items in your in your coach's room are connected to your way of working, and that's yeah, you're working, you're working, you're planning ahead. You you find the structure that you know what's coming, and then it gives you kind of the space. Yeah. To to connect to surprises or injuries or whatever happens, you are because you're so good prepared. I kind of hear this. It is yeah. easy to 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 adapt. It's easy, and I always say you're not you're not working with just X's and O's. Like you're actually now, and now you've got the magnet of the face. You're working with the player. Like yep. What does that player need? Um, and that's ultimately why I love the magnets because you know everyone can draw their X's and O's and yeah. A passes to B, B passes to C. But when you're now talking about your right centre half, who may have to cap out, go through the goalkeeper, becomes more individual. And I can um, imagine you're yeah. also once you're talking, then you're talking. Or, yeah, this is you're seeing his face, or it's Joffrey yes. talking about a name, and you're, you're yeah. using his name instead of player A, player B. Yeah, different. Yeah. 
yeah, different atmosphere as well. And I like that you put the dates of birth, uh, dates of birth on. Yeah, it. never heard yeah. that. Yes, yeah. especially in your age, you have. I can't imagine you have the talented sixteen, uh, seventeen-year-olds or fifteen-year-olds even in your team already. But you, they are in a different phase of their uh, of their career or in their in yeah. their. A pathway than than the 18s that may be already pushing towards the first team, or you have a youth talent coming back from the first team. Yeah. So you know exactly what you're talking about. Well, it makes it easier. So what I tend to do is have, for example, we'll have younger under 16s that are using their under 18s, our under 18s using the 23s, and the 23s using the first team. Yeah. Um, so what I tend to do is have, for example, a blue background magnet for the 16s a white background magnet, you know, for the 18s. And then you might have like a red background magnet for the 23s. So when you actually put your team together, you know, you can instantly see, you know, you've got an under 16 in there, just based off the background. You've got an under 23, whatever it may be in there. Yeah. So that's quite helpful as well. Um, and for other people coming in to have a look, they can instantly see who's part of the team, what your makeup of the team is. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why it's, it's, it's one of my favorite. Great. Great. How much do you, how often do you use it? How often do you have these every talks day. every day? Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Every it's day. You and your assistant. Um, yeah. And then maybe the backroom staff, or you're talking about, okay, this is what we're going to do. And you're always in front of the board. Um, th- th- it, this, that area is so important. You know, it's uh, an area of the board. So you've got your magnet board of like, you know, you're starting 11 potentially. Then you've got your notes board where you can make notes next to it. Yeah. Um, but ultimately the team will consist of, you know, the coaching staff, the sports science staff, medical staff, analysis staff. Um, and then what do you have in, you'll have she's an education psychologist. So every morning uh, and the goalkeeper, um, head of goalkeeper will come in. So every morning we'll go through and we'll break it down, go for each department, how it's going to run, what we're going to do, what are the outcomes for the session. Um, and then once that's all done, myself and um, the coach, Mikel, um, alongside me, we'll plan the session. Okay. What time do you have this meeting? Have this meeting every day at nine forty-five. Nine forty-five, strict. Yeah. And what time? Yeah. What time is the session? Session will start at eleven thirty. Okay. So you have an hour yeah. and forty-five minutes. Yeah, yeah. That's your routine with your staff. Yeah. yeah. How do you How do you uh, experience leading? Well, you're yeah, you're leading the staff. I yeah. I know you just told me I'm not always the leader, but okay, you're responsible. How, how does yeah. how does this role fit you? Because you have to kind of can imagine you have to kind of grow in this and okay uh, discuss yeah. with your staff and then sometimes be the front man, sometimes maybe be the, the pusher from the back. Yeah. How, how, how do you like this? How do you, uh, so, how do you experience this? I always think you you got to be you got to be clever at delegating. So you know, much as I, I lead it, and um, there's going to be days where I may not be in. I may have to support the twenty threes, or I may have to support some of the eighteens gone to the first team. So. I always take the approach if you're constantly trying to take over and lead and be that sort of overbearing, I say this, you must do that. Then the moment you go, uh, people just tend to do their own thing. But if you, you know, encourage them and embrace them to be part of the journey to help the players, then you're always going to be, the arrow is always going to be going in the direction that you want it to go. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to, you know, let others even lead the meeting. You know, see how they get on. Um, I'm happy to give feedback. Um, but ultimately, I know that the butt stops with me. So, you know, I, I can't just be like wishy-washy. Yeah, you do that, you do yeah. that. There has to be direction. And I make sure I give that direction. 
uh, once that direction's given and I'm happy with um, whoever may have to step up and lead, then I know I've done that job to show them how it goes. You know, I've got a template that must be followed, you know, so we'll go through um, medical first then we'll go through sports science, then we'll go through psychology, then we'll go for analysis. Um, that's just part of how we plan every single day. Um, so, you know, that, that should be, you know, set in stone. They should know that, you know, maybe a small little bit on, you know, what the coaching fee may look like for the day that I may implement. Um, but then, for example, if me and you are working and we're working on um, playing out from the back and pressing from the front, for example, then I may say, you know, AJ, could you just work on pressing from the front? I don't mind how you do it, but could you press with your wingers jumping on the centre halves? Um, and you could maybe be aggressive on the second phase opposed to the first phase. And then I'll work on playing up from the back. And it's my job to break down whatever you, you do with me. Interesting. How, how did you, because you came from Tottenham to, to Reading. Yeah. From Tottenham, yeah. you were more in an assistant role, uh, if I'm correct. Um, um, well, I started off in an assistant role. Yeah, so, so, yeah you grew yeah, more yeah. and more towards yeah. the coach. Yeah. So, now you, you're in the U18s, which brings in more and more staff, I can imagine. Yeah. The, the older you, the age group you work, uh, yeah. the more people are involved. What was yeah. the first time that you, or maybe your first experience that you said, okay, now this, yeah, this brings something extra in me and now I have to mm. be prepared differently or I have to approach this differently because you also, you cannot do everything yourself. No. Or you can't control everything either. Yeah, you can't. So I'm saying that the, the machine's too big and yeah. it goes so quick and it's ever-changing so you've got to build trust but You know, maybe I have that approach. I think back when I was first an assistant um, and it was quite difficult because you have to earn the trust of the coach that you're working with. And like when I started, I was quite a young coach. Um, you know, I knew I got, I got on really well with all the, the young players that I worked with so I could build relationships really quickly. Um, and sometimes, you know, that if you're not really secure in where you are, that some coaches can find that threatening. So, you know, sometimes you can find yourself just picking the cones up, you know, and you've got to have no ego about you to do that, you know, pick up the cones, pick up the bibs, you know, like you're itching to do a session, you know, that can I do? No, wait, just wait. I don't yeah. want you to do the session yet. Um, and I found that really difficult because I felt I had so much more to give than just picking up the cones and just being the guy who, you know, like says, well done, well done, everybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and that's something that I had to learn to really wait. And when your moment comes, just be prepared. So if the coach says, for example, yeah, Michael, could you just progress this session on? I would always be thinking ahead. I'd always be like, if he asks me, I'm going to be ready. If he asks him, I'm going to be ready. Yeah. Um, and the moment that when was I got this? the opportunity, when, uh, when so this was, was this was at Spurs when I was, well, I was working with the under, I think it was the under 10s or so, under 11s. Yeah. Um, and it so happened as a few, you know, that was happening week after week that, you know, I started to get some opportunities to progress. And then one day the coach wasn't in. You know, and then I found out short notice and then all of a sudden you've got everybody watching you. You've got the head of the academy, assistant head of the academy. You've got 10 minutes of preparation time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you're not your moment comes, but you have to deliver because this is what you want to do. Um, unfortunately, that that's where because I was always waiting for the opportunity and I was always ready no matter what. I always had a session in my head and I delivered that session and it went really well. And, you know, from that, I always learned from one, be ready, but to anyone who's around you give them if they were in a tracksuit help them on their journey um, and that's maybe why I'm so open in making sure that people that are around they don't just stand about they just they've got something to offer so how can you bring yeah. it out of them um, yeah. and that's probably the best way 
I guess I can describe describe it. Yeah, and what I recognize in this part is okay. You've been on the sideline and you're eager and eager, and all of a sudden there, and then oh, it's a little bit of a ten uh, exciting moment, a little bit of tension yeah. could be there, uh, but you want to show that you're good, and then uh, you don't have to overshow it. You just be yourself, and you know you should yeah. be, you should be prepared, and then the rest comes itself. Yeah. Um, and then uh, what I noticed, but I was working with a little bit of older players, that when when you're the assistant, I don't know how that's actually with younger age. Maybe you you can you can add to this, but with younger players or with older players, you're not the decision maker, and so the impact of a decision you don't feel. So if you're yeah. an assistant, you're always the safe guy, the one yeah. they can go to and complain. Um, yeah. You're you're the guy that they can connect with it's yeah. it's fine what as what as soon as you become the head coach i think maybe 13 14 year old uh, that yeah. this process will start uh, yeah. then the head coach makes the decision and he puts you on the bench or whatever he makes a decision that that the player doesn't like it's completely the opposite of the safe assistant role yeah how did, was that how did you experience this because you also had this transfer for from yeah from being assistant to becoming now head coach yeah. already a couple of years Yeah. How did you experience this? Um, it was, you know what, it was, so even at my time at Spurs, actually going through assistant, assistant, and then becoming the lead of the youth development department, the lead of the 14s, the 16s, et cetera. Um, you, 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 see, you see it. So you see the change, you see the looks, you see that, you know, the players yeah. are not, you know, particularly happy with you, but you've got to make those decisions. But because they're that little bit younger, um, you know, you can always, they, they're still growing. So they're still actually maturing through. So you can always, you know, sit them down and have that conversation with them. And not, this is the reasons why. But I found now at 18s level, when they're close to the first team, you instantly become the bad guy. So they're, you know, they, they won't talk to you for, you know, a week or 10 days or whatever it may be. Um, they will be that they will take it personally. You know, it's yeah. your fault, Michael, why I'm not playing. It isn't the fact that I'm not fit enough or, I haven't hit my targets. Like, you know, you've got an issue with me. So I always try to break it down. Do I have an issue with you or do I have an issue with your performance or behavior? So take you out the equation as one, and then let's really break it down now. Your behavior or your performance. Now, if we look at your behavior, are you hitting what you need to be? Are you working as hard as you can be working? Is your demeanor around the building, you know, good enough? Are you exhibiting elite behaviors? Are you on time, et cetera? So we'll break all of that down. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll obviously go and break down now your performance, you know, and then we'll get yeah, to a point where it isn't personal. <clears throat> yeah, this is it, you know. And it's really important that you, you, you break those bits down. That's what I found. If you can eliminate the personal and build on the sort of growth mindset side of things, then you've got half a chance of winning them around. But you can't be too soft. You, you got Someone's got to be the bad guy. Um, and sometimes you take pleasure in it because ultimately you wanted to get them to the next level. The more responsibility, or the, maybe the yeah, the more top of an organization or staff, whatever, it's a little bit more lonely than yeah, uh, than yeah. In, let's say if you, it's not a, yeah, okay. If let's call it a pyramid, it's it's lonelier yeah. at the top than in the bottom. It's, a, it's yeah. exactly what it is. Are you the type of guy that that notices uh, such a player? Maybe let him walk around with two three days and then walk up to him, or are you are you the type that? sees it and goes instantly. How, how, how do you, are I think you, it all depends, come back down to the magnets. It all depends on the type of individual that yeah. it is. Um, you know, some, there's only, 
there's a few that you can really, I, I think in my experience, that you can really go and like batter, you know, in front of everybody, you yeah. know, and be like, that this is not acceptable because you'll get the right reaction. But there's a couple that I think those players that you can really get at and really dig, dig deep into and like dig out, they're the ones that normally go on because they give you the great reactions. Yeah. The other ones, you may have to softly, softly build them up and, you know, just let them know that, a shelling is going to be coming soon enough, but you need to really start, you know, picking it up now because uh, it's not acceptable. Um, but what you can't do is allow those behaviours to fester too long because then all of a sudden you will start losing respect because if he's, you know, tossing off the session, then the yeah, other yeah, one yeah. isn't, the other one's going to do the same thing. Or especially in the, in let's say in the age group you work with, and you have to show that you are to. still the authority and, uh, yeah. in some ways and that um yeah the rules are rules you cannot bend them or break them and just because no, you don't can't. because you just because you're having a bad day or just because you think i'm yeah. an asshole that it doesn't work like that no of yeah. course but also if i get it wrong like without without doing it what happens when they go to the first team so if i don't challenge it they go to the first team then the manager is going to look at me and he can look at the player and be like well, what have you been doing now yeah, yeah what kind of player did you, you know, bring or, me yeah yeah you know yeah. and, that, and that, that can't happen so we've got to make sure that the player doesn't fail when they go out there. They can't fail on their behavior. Yeah. Before we started recording today, I'm also a little bit of a modest guy, uh, maybe a little bit of an introvert sometimes. We, yeah. was, we were talking more towards uh, yeah. towards this podcast and you being here. Yeah. But can I? I have the feeling that once you step on the pitch, that's all gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm quite. A, I always. I'm quite a relaxed person. I quite. I love having a laugh, um, really, really chilled. Um, you know, I'm not in your face, but I think once you cross the line, you know, you go to work. Once we go to work, we go to work. So, you know, if that means that we have to battle and fight and scratch and scream, then if that gets us through, that's what we do. Yeah. But I believe if we're well prepared, then that doesn't need to happen. But, um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't tend to pull punches when we're working. I, I think at the highest level, there isn't time for that. So, you know, you, you've, you've got, once you start working, you start working. Yeah. Is that also important for the age group? For, let's say, you 16 to you 20s, that they learn yeah. how to train, they learn how to be a professional, and this is part of it? Definitely. Definitely. You, you have to have the elite standards. You have to. You talk about, we have something called, we call pride. So like, yeah. it's like a personal responsibility in delivering excellence, like if you break it right down. Yeah. So it's so important that when we go out to work, you know, that it becomes a habit. And those habits, you know, then start to fester in the group and then people start catching those good habits. And then all of a sudden, you know, your train's moving at full speed. Um, and anyone that's not on it, they fall off. Um, and that's what you've got to get to. You've got to get to the train building so much momentum in such a positive way that, if you're not part of it, then unfortunately we teach at the top. And if you're not at the top, then you're going to start falling to the back of the train. Yeah. You know, and can, if, can you, you end up at pride, the it stands for the five words. And, and uh, so we just go personal. into those five a little bit because it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no problem. So we go off of like personal. So yeah. obviously the self-explanatory, like, you know, down to yourselves, yeah. having that responsibility. Yeah. Having responsibility to do well, to train well, to be on time, etc. Um, in, Delivering, making sure that you ensure that you continue those behaviors to deliver excellence. 
Okay. You know, so yeah, personal responsibility and delivering excellence. That's something that I always try to work by, especially when I'm coaching. Is it something from your personal or is it from the club? No, it's personal. Yeah, yeah. Personal, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. At one point, you, you found this is the word and then you, it's a nice metaphor and then you can break it down very easy yeah. in explanation and easy to, yeah. easy to use in discussions or, or talks. Yeah. Yeah, easy. Okay. Well, and is it, let's so back to, let's say, the, the working ethics ethics of, of this group and this is a, like mm. uh, this is what you need to 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 differentiate yourself from the rest and okay everybody at your club at reading at this age is probably talented but only the ones that work the hardest will get there that's kind of yeah the situation yeah. in every pro club of course and what what is the main characteristic that you coach on then or the main yeah, theme that you focus on with them so ethics but within that What is the most important, you think? Um, oh, good question, AJ. Um, I think at the moment we've got, because the club have real young players, but also we've been quite light on the players in the first team. Yeah. Um, the door's open. So we've yeah. had a lot of under-18s and under-23s go to the first team. Yeah. Um, and sometimes they're not ready yet. So... You know, and that means that they get sent straight back down. So one of the big things that we've really had to work on this season, I guess, is like one, like building a resilience, but two, making sure that they're technically like outstanding. So you can't go and break the session. So you can't go in the first team and break the session because, you yeah, know, you've had a bit of a wobble and, yeah, and yeah. your level is not good enough, yeah. you know. So we've got to take that personally as coaching staff and be like, look, the door's open and that's the pressure itself that he's going to call and say, look, I need some players. So the players have to be ready. But when they go over there, they, you know, he wants them to be sharp, on time, enthusiastic, um, as all managers do want them to do. But for us, yeah. because we're so young, they've got to be going and kicking the door down. So you know, we go in there and we really work hard on the technical capabilities of the players, but also on their mindset and how they go over there. So can they go over and be ready? Can they go over and be sharp? Can they go over and be confident? You know, Stay and do extras, pick up the cones, small things like that, just be very much around the group but in a positive way okay so is it that that almost seems like that there are more opportunities opportunities yeah. than before and maybe yeah. is it covid related or definitely it, yeah so there's yeah. more maybe if i can assume something in the first teams there are yeah, players are less resilient covid Yeah. has all kinds of effects, COVID itself, but maybe in the long run with in injuries or players being away yeah. longer, whatever. So for youth players, it's 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 now easier than ever. Let's, let's it, pick it up like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And now they have to pick up the pace. Yeah, there's no time. So if we're, if we're training at a snail's pace down there and then all of a sudden the door flies open yeah. for players, for example, each week we have maybe three under-18s, three to four under-18s that are always on the bench for the first team just because of all the COVID and the injuries yeah. and, you know, and so they train with us in the 23s day, day in, day out, unless the manager, first team manager wants them. So we can't be, you know, putting sessions on that aren't, you know, at that real elite level because, you know, an injury, they want an injury away from starting the game. Yeah. We've had one or two start recently, so, which is great. Yeah. So you have them, well, in front of you and let's say halfway the week and then, One moves up, maybe stays out a couple of weeks. Yeah, I can imagine that they come back also more often because so many yeah. rotations. 
that's a yeah. whole, that's the opposite process because Damn, you, yeah. you maybe have a player that I think, well, I see, I am the one. Bye, guys. Never see going to see yeah. you again. Okay, okay, I'm joking, of course, but yeah, uh, he true. feels all confident. Yeah. His chest is up in yeah. the air. He's going there, and then after a couple of weeks, maybe because the the first team player is coming back, or the manager says, "Sorry, I was expecting more." Then he's coming back. What what type of players do you get back, and what do you see in this? Yeah, you know, you hit the nail on the head. That's exactly what happens. So, you know, right at the beginning, I mentioned that we have those players that go up and come back down and the resilience is so important. But sometimes some of those players, they don't see that. They just see, well, I'm in the first team now. One game, two games, three games, all of a sudden, no, no, forget about Michael and the rest of them. I'm I'm up there now. (laughs) So, you know, and... and He waves at you for... Yeah, oh, you're lucky. You might even not get a wave. You know, they just walk past. They've got their wash bag now. They walk in into the first team building. You know, like, hi, do you remember me? It's like, yeah, no, nah, yeah. don't remember you now. But we've got to teach them. You know, the same people that, you know, help you get up yeah. are the same ones on the way back down that you will see. So, you know, like it, we, we always make sure the boys are aware you are not a player in the first team until you've played at least 100 games. Yeah. You know, that's all you are. You're an academy player. You, you, you're not a first team player yet. So we've got to be honest with them because it's a difficult process to really make them understand that, you know, you're not a first-team player yet. You know, you're just there to help out at the moment. Yeah. And that's hard for a young person to understand. How do you what, How do you switch in that role if a player comes back or you see him in that struggle? What, what, is, what, are your, what is your approach? Uh, constant one-to-ones. Um, constant one-to-ones. Like the ones that we're fortunate enough to have back and still able to play with us, then it's just breaking the game down using analysis sessions and talking to them and then getting them to watch the first team player in that position. Um, and that makes it much easier for us um, and the player. And then you get to build a brilliant relationship because, you know, you're trying to help them stay there, yeah. you know, because ultimately that's where you want them to be. The difficulty mm-hmm. probably comes is the ones that are with the first team so often, but, the manager wants him to be there, but he doesn't want him to play because he doesn't want him to get injured. Yeah. So they're in that real grey area bit and how do you support them? And that's more phone calls when you see them um, walking into the first team building. When you're going to the academy, they're going to first team, get two or three minutes. How's it going? Yeah. You know, what are you learning? What's he asking you to do? How can I help you? And that that that's the best bits, you know. Um, it's good, but it's difficult. It is difficult. What is the most difficult for you in that or for the player? Um, not knowing where they stand. So that's what I always get a lot of, you know, just be like, oh, I'm always in the shadow team. I'm never in the first team. I always got to just be the opposition. And but So even in those practices, I say, well, still do what you can do. So when it's a bit of free play, still catch the eye. You know, rather than playing safe, can you pass forward? Can you carry it? Can you, you know, don't break the session, but, you know, make sure you still catch the eye because you're there for a reason. And then in training, when it's not shape work, can you go another level? Because you're going to get your chance eventually, but yeah. you know, you, you have to, again, you have to be ready. You yeah. can't be sulking, you know, because there's more experienced players, but doesn't mean that you're not ready. I uh, can imagine. Well, I know for younger players, the first two, three times, they're all yes trainer, of course. And then it's all, all yes and amen. But once they are there a little bit longer and they, yeah, they yeah. There's, there's nothing really changing and they keep, Putting on the orange, the orange bib instead of the yellow one. <laughs> yeah. At one point, they, especially when they were the star of their own team. Exactly. Then it's yeah. becoming interesting. Okay, and how do you deal this? Uh, so at the same time, 
once when players are moving up uh, I, I can imagine you also have your youngsters u 15s u 16s coming towards you mm. coming towards your team uh, so at one point you see your players going there compliment coming back at the same time you have the youngsters coming up maybe going back yeah How is this for you? Also with the youngsters, but also in this. Well, I kind of already know you have this. You have your magnet, so you are highly organized. So that's not a problem. Yeah. So you have a lot of time for yeah, time for talking and and experiencing all these emotions with the players. Yeah. So the younger ones coming up is always, uh, you know, I always look at it as a breath of uh, breath of fresh air because. You know they're coming in and they're they're excited. They're you know they're with the youth team. You know some even go with the 23s. You know just to get that option. So we always we're really close to 18s and 23s. Um, us as staff and the players, we try to always build clinics into yeah. them. So midfielders together, attackers together, defenders together, and we do loads of practices like that. So that helps them. You know, the younger ones be a little bit more, a little bit more relaxed when they do come into the environment that, that we create, but you also have to bear in mind that you've got a 15, 16 year old potentially training with like an 18 year old, the 18 year old is, he's upset. He's not up. There's 15 year olds really excited. Um, so you've got to really balance it out really, really well. And that's where difficulties can lie at times. Um, but again, I always think if you create the right environment, making it competitive, making sure you match it competitively. So you don't just have like your three 16s in with the, the 318s who are flying, but actually you might just get one of the top 18s, one of the top 16s, top 18, top 16, and then you go head to head that way and then yep. you make it competitive, then ultimately it's football and somebody wants to win. So you know that's the way you try to make it as competitive as you can, but also as exciting. So I, I love loads of games and, you know, my favorite one at the moment is rock, paper, scissors. So we've got a real big tournament going off of that. Okay. Um, and that really creates your environment where, The 16s can so, feel relaxed. Do you make a final decision, or is it, or is it the type of session that you organize? Um, no, I, I, I'll do it in terms of um, well, one sometimes final decision in terms of a game. But yeah, I, yeah. I normally start. I normally start with um, a rock paper scissors or a knockout passing championship ah, game. Okay, so yeah. one touch knockout until you get to like tennis, till you get to the final, and then it's everybody watches the final one touch, one touch, one touch until the winner comes. Yeah. And I'll do something similar with rock paper scissors. You know, just to really start it off, and because move. you've got so many emotions in the group, it's best to start off as much as you can on a real buzz, um, and then that that helps your session yeah. instantly just fly a little bit. Is that more important now with all these changes, or did you or, or did you, did you do that uh, also before? Um, I loved it when when I worked with younger kids. I always did it like so to get, especially in camps when you did loads of camps. I always yeah. did loads of fun games like that. But I found now. Um, and it's great. I've got a comparison of obviously Tottenham Spurs and Reading, but I found that the the, the boys at Spurs mindsets and because they're always in, I guess had Champions League games, they may have like Barcelona in the youth league or wherever it may be. Yeah. That their focus was really, really like driven really early, um, and you could really get into those players because the professionalism was really high. And I found that Reading that you get there so. You know, it it takes a little bit of time to really drill the expectations of what it is at Champions League, and then now obviously at Reading to get that level, some jump at it really well and some really climb. But the more you can build the environment of that top level, then you get more buy-in. You can't be. I found I couldn't be that coach at Spurs where I was really demanding like all the time. 
and then try to be the same guy at Reading and be demanding. Yeah. You can't because they don't know what that is yet. So you've got to show them. Um, so I, I've really learned that. That's been a real big, and that's why the games like the Rock, Paper, Scissors to build the environments first has really allowed me to then become more demanding. Yeah. Um, I've yeah. learned that because that, that took a while for me to learn. Yeah, cool. So at, at Spurs, you didn't really need that because they were switched on straight away. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. kind of what you're saying. And then now they need to have like this, well, this break of atmosphere and maybe have this screaming, joking, laughing, and then, then yeah. it's there. But it needs to yeah. be created a little bit. That's kind of what it I'm needs hearing. to be created more so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Because that's something I had to learn because it was, uh, maybe it was probably too like, listen, this is what we got to do. Like expected everyone to be on time, expected like, you know, everything to be done in order. Yeah. I couldn't understand it at first. I was like, whoa, like, why, why, is, why, why are we not on time? Like, why, why are you not just passing it there? Yeah, you're so, playing for a pro club. What, what the? Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. You know, and I really had to learn that. So you've got to build it. And that's something that I would definitely take with me into, you know, my other journeys. Okay. So, and then, yeah, we already a little bit discussed it before a couple, uh, it was a couple of weeks, maybe even longer ago, mm. but yeah, your own development. And then you went from, let's say the elite of the elite clubs in the Netherlands. Of course there are more in England, but one yeah. of the elite academies. And then you moved to Reading, which yeah. you could say based on names is, yeah. is, a, yeah, is a move down or whatever. People can assume yeah. whatever they want. Of course. Uh, yeah. But you said it was very important for your development as a coach. Yeah. Definitely. It was a choice that you made specifically because you wanted you wanted to make this switch. Yeah. Why? Um, I think you get to a point where you become comfortable. You become very comfortable in what you're doing. You you are the person everybody goes to. You know, um, most things rely on you there, and you're comfortable. You're you know, Spurs was good. You're earning good money. You're five minutes I live five minutes away from the training yeah. ground um you know it's right right around the corner um but ultimately I think you've got to get to a point where you want to grow like and you, you know like when you if you want to grow sometimes it's got to be uncomfortable and um you know people always said oh, why are you leaving like champions league club to go to a championship club like it's one below the premier league it doesn't make sense but then I've got the opportunity to work in the under 18s assist and help out the 23s, assist and help out the first team. And I'm like, I, you ain't going to get that at Spurs um, at that moment in time. So my first session at Reading was taking first team players. Like, that was my very first session. Um, like, you know, because there was like six first team players that had just come back from injury. Um, you know, there was a couple that needed to get some like running through their legs, that sort of thing. So they said, uh, do, do you mind taking the session? Because the first team coach has got something to do. Yeah. The assistant coach is helping out and you're the next in, in line. But that was my very first session, yeah. you know? Yeah. And that, that tells me there like, well, that's the reason why I, I took the step, you know, from then it's been difficult, of course, because, you know, you're trying, you're not now, com you're competing with Chelsea, you know, Spurs, Arsenal, all these top academies as a category one academy, but in the lower division, yeah. you, oh, the preparation I have to do now is now, I'm not going to have the ball. At yeah. Spurs, I'd always have the ball. Now, how can you win the game without the ball and be competitive? You know, so there's so two, for there's my development, changes. Oh, I, yeah, I, exactly. I had two changes in your in your development, which is huge boost. 
one is you're going to get into situations that that you wouldn't be in Tottenham because everything is so maybe even over organized that they have three mm. four assistants lined up to do everything around yeah. one team so yeah it's you could always say it's never chaotic which is obviously a good thing but it also yeah. sometimes being in chaos and being less organized is also a good thing you have to be much more hands on do things yourself yeah. so that's an interesting yeah. part i hear and at the same time your football philosophy and ideas well they don't have to change but you have to adapt them to the situation yeah you have to yeah great but and when were were you stuck in your attacking style and and now and then your first games okay what what the hell is happening here or yeah. how, how how did it go um i'll be honest my first season um was because when i got an the uh, a phone call to say that we've got a really talented group um would love you to sort of come over and you know like work with them um i looked at the group and i thought yeah they're quite a talented group <laughs> so um i went over and we've done really well we we yeah. we got to the semi final of the cup they've never ever sort of got that far before um we've done relatively well in the league um uh, which was good so it was great it it was really really good um and then the second season so i started and it felt like no change almost 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 yeah almost so of course there was still little bits where we'd always like you know maybe a little bit more, more of a team effort instead of some talented individuals could be yeah yeah rather than someone you know you're the game's nil nil and someone takes the ball out their feet and bends in the top corner and then yeah. you win the game 1-0 or someone scores a hat trick and you win 3-2 like now it, it's more of a slow process with very good players um and we enjoyed it as a team I, I really enjoyed it um the next season was a little bit more difficult because that group had then gone um yeah. so it was now having to learn actually I've always been having the balls always sit back and chill out and a few occasional words we need to do now I've changed <laughs> the I'm like Conte on the sideline you know I'm up and down I'm running I'm heading up and I, it becomes like playing with yeah, the it's like no you are you, you become more animated because now your messages have to be so clear you know you, you can't you know you, you can't just be i want you to get the ball play it there and i said you have to really break it down and structure it um and yeah it's it honestly i, I can't tell you how great it's been for my development and i'm not this is me not being um detrimental disrespectful to the, the reading players but yeah. i'm i'm saying that you have I'm to the sure difference is big you know well, they understand it yeah, otherwise you know? they would have played that uh, yeah you know it's it's that fair yeah and, you know, and they can still get there of course well, that, that's the thing and they can get there and we've proved that we are if we apply ourselves just as good on our day than any of those players yeah. and then of those teams um, and that's the mindset that you've got to have. You've got to get it right collectively. Um, so if I, and that's what Reading's about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's more. That's more of a club philosophy as, as well. Yeah. So we do it yeah. as a team. Do it as, as a team. The, the team is bigger than yourself, of course. Yeah. But that's part of the identity as well. There. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, if I would have looked at you, looked at you at at Spurs, I would have seen a coach that probably arms are across each other, and then. Doing the occasional nod and then yeah. five, six coach moments each half. Yeah. Because, yeah. What else? The players have to sort it out themselves, probably. That was part of the yeah. philosophy, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then now you went to, now you're in the situation, then, okay, how, how, how big is the box around my, 
chairs? How much more <laughs> yeah. I run? Is that, yeah. is that the change? What did it yeah, change for you also in your, maybe in your emotions or what, what, what happened with you during this process? Um, the referee, I, I've been booked. Okay. Which is like that was the never, first. That was my first ever. Like you know, I've been told to stay in my technical area. Um, <laughs> I've had, um, yeah, I've, I've I've had a few. But you become even more engrossed because you know just how hard the boys are working yeah. to compete. Yeah, so yeah. that means much more involved. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I can't afford to not get my game plans right. And there's been times, especially when I first started in that second season, where because you'd never know what you're going to get in terms of players. Uh, you, you could get caught really cold. And I've had a few where you've lost 5-1 or, you know, like, and uh, before I'd be like, 5-1, I'll, come on. Like, how, 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 and I'd, you'd look at me, like, how have I managed to lose 5-1? Yeah. What have I done wrong? So now I've been it really is. My tactics board for fucking hour. What the fuck just, am I yeah, doing? Like, you know, in your head. Oh, yeah. Always, you've got to then look at yourself. What's gone wrong? Um, and that's where now my preparation that I try to have, you know, is is so methodical. I, I try to in position, out position, set pieces for, set pieces against. I've never looked at that before, set pieces, all that stuff. You'd have someone who bend it in for you, like just pull it on yeah. the money every time. Yeah. Like now it's just constant planning. And that helps you knowing like, how can you win a game out of possession? Like it's, Brilliant. You'd never think that before, you know. Um, but that's what I, I definitely encourage to, if you get an opportunity to make a step that's different and you know you're going to grow from it, you got to take it. Yeah, that's uh, that's the, I think I like the way that you're saying that. It's a different step. It's not a yeah. better or a worse or whatever. It's a different phase in your development yeah. as a coach. I think that's the way you should approach. That's hard, I think, because... People always want to see that line. Okay, next year I'm going to move up an age and then I'm going to move up a yeah. level and move up an age, level, whatever. Because it's a straight line, everybody thinks. Yeah. There's There are different steps that, that's going to make you much better. Definitely. Last week we we were talking about, we were talking with uh, Albert Capella, Spanish coach. And he said, okay, in the beginning of my coaching career, I coached everything that I could coach. That didn't matter. Everything was going to be uh, something that's going to improve my development. It didn't matter yeah. for him. And I'm not saying that, that that you're doing something that doesn't matter, but you can you take ev from every experience you take something that you yeah. add to your knowledge and add to your development. Okay, interesting. But it's interesting to see your uh, as well. And I recognize that pattern as well. So okay, my first season. The head coach, senior team, second place halfway this season as a as a as a club that was promoted. Everything went so smooth. Second yeah. season, the best players all left. We were bottom of the season the whole year. I was going crazy on my preparation yeah. as well. Okay, but and then still, you cannot control if the other opponent, if the opponent is better. Yeah, you, there's sometimes just something. Not always you can some. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting the words right. You can't do something about it all the yeah. time. Sometimes they're just better players. They they outplay you. Yeah, that's you know, I, I, <laughs> it's tough, you know, because I I find that so hard to accept that you know. But I'm, you're right because you know, you know, it doesn't really matter what tactics you put on and you know what sessions you do. 
because sometimes some players are just going to be on their game so much that you can't stop them. But I, I pride myself on making sure, even though you may be playing a better team, have you stopped or attempted to stop every one of those top players or every pattern that they do? Are your players so prepared that you know if they don't win this game or they don't compete that you've given everything? Um, and that's the way I've started to look at it opposed to, yeah, they're going to be better. Like I know most of these players, you know, I know a lot of them because I've seen them all at that top level, um, coming through since they were young. So, but I now make sure there's no fear in the boys because we are prepared as best as we can. Like, so we're playing Manchester United, um, in January in the youth cup. In a in a couple yeah in a few weeks time yep. the youth cup's the most prestigious tournament yeah, yeah. in English football so what, what, you know it's the FA it's the FA Cup so okay. it'll be the fourth round okay. you know nice. um, so you know my job is you know everyone's expecting us to lose that game you know and but I'm not like, I'm making sure that we are prepared and you know we, we we may lose but we may win you know and that's that's the way I'm going. And if yeah, we win, it won't be a surprise to me. And if the players see your approach on to, on, to, to the game uh, every week and they see this approach, they're going to start to believe. And they're going That's to perform it. that 10, 15% better than they actually can would themselves or yeah. in a different ways. So or if the coach keeps keeps preparing and sees chances and creates chances yeah. uh, every week, it does something with the team as well. It does. It does. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it only that's takes great. one or two wins, AJ. You build confidence, and then yeah. all we of a all sudden, know. yeah, you know, and that's where we're at, at the moment. You know, we build those small little bits of confidence. Get your clean sheets, get your goals, or start creating chances. Yeah. Those chances start turning to goals, and all of a sudden, you've got three back-to-back wins, four back-to-back wins, and then it's bring on anybody. It becomes a draw. It becomes yeah. a win. So. And that's the environment I try to create. We're always the underdog. Great. But yeah. uh, let's take it on. Be the underdog. No problem. We go about our business nice and quietly. Nobody thinks about us. But when we come out, this is going to be a game. You know? And that, that's, so that's the way I try to do it. Yeah, I love this. Yeah. Uh, but how do you ban? Because my biggest, well, it was, I think it was even a mistake, but my biggest temptation was to only focus then on winning and the process and, beating the opponent and be compact yeah. and, and let's say, yeah, and, and, yeah, let's, yeah, how can we unrattle the opponent? How can you unrattle the system or whatever? How yeah. do you balance this with, with the development of the players and your own playing style and, yeah. um, and, and looking at yourself? Because I went too far, uh, looking at the opponent. I should have, yeah, I felt like I should have focused more on my own team. Hmm. Uh, how do you balance this? So ultimately, my job is to get players in the first team. It yeah, isn't to be, exactly. you know, yeah. it, it isn't to beat, you know, Chelsea away, you know, and think these three points exactly. are important. Um, but then I also have to acknowledge that getting those three points is also learning how to win. And if you learn how to win, that allows you to get yourself into more winning teams. The first team need winners, so you know we have to create an environment where you have to learn to win, but also. You can only learn to win by doing the right things right more often. So you now my job is to make sure my centre halves or my back, my defenders ultimately stop goals. You know, my midfielders stop 
and create opportunities. And if they can score, that's great. My goal scorers, they score. Like, so do they stop? Do they score? Do, do they create? And that's what I have to make sure that they do as much as possible. So when it comes down to looking at the opposition, I think we have to obviously look at them. How do we stop them? How do we, you know, break them down where their weakness is? But I think as long as the diet in training is geared around developing those individuals as best as they can and then come to the game day, the diet's already there, but now the game plan is there to help the diet take away what, you know, or, or take onto the pitch what you really should know and what you can do more often. And that's the way I try to sort of, you know, break it down. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, learning to win is a big part in that. Learning to compete, learning to yeah. win is, is uh, of course, much more important. And also... You're right, and, and also in that age, it's also learning maybe to compete in the league. So that's also winning a couple of games in a row and, yeah. and setting a standard for yourself on the game day. That's also much more part of the of the process in that age, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. No, that's important. Okay. Okay, interesting. Well, we talked a lot about, about your team. Um uh, about yeah, I think we kind of already heard a little bit about your development on players. What what would what what is it you think um, the most important in your own development? So uh, talk about how you develop your teams, how you use, how you talk to them. But maybe you go home or you sit in front of your tactics. What how what yeah. what moments do you use to develop uh, yourself? Um, I guess. I've got a thing called on standards. So I think for yourself, you, you've got to set yourself standards. Mm-hmm. So I always use if something sticks in my head all the time. It was one of my old um, managers told me, he's, your standards are what you're prepared to walk past. So, you know, you, for example, if we take, you know, I, I lose a game on the weekend and I don't look at it back and I don't assess it, then that's a standard that you walk past that, you've left it, you've boxed it away, but have you really learned from it? So, and I'll get in trouble from this. Like the missus will be like, that he lost the game, just shut the laptop and just, you know, <laughs> just watch something on television. And, you know, I'll be like, okay, no problem. But as soon as their back turns, their laptop's back up. And then, yeah. you know, so I, I think, yeah, I've developed a real obsession of, you know, development for myself. So where did I go wrong? How did I go wrong? Okay. And then where do, how do I fix it? So that just comes from loads of analysis back on the game speaking to my mates on the phone, speaking to colleagues who watch the game. So I've got a few good colleagues that, you know, at the club I work with and ones yeah. I worked with previously. Um, and we are constantly on the phone about games, about development, about sessions, about books. Um, the, 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 it's never ending. Um, I think the moment you stop that, then I, I think that's when you probably need to call it a day. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's how I feel. Okay, so it's a, it's a process for yourself. So okay, I can imagine. No, I, I I'm thinking match related or training. Do you do you uh, video your session? What do you video yeah. sessions? Yeah, so you can every, watch every, your match, yeah, so everything every session. But I also get videoed as well. So I always I also yeah, ask. Was, to was, get uh, what, that was where exactly was where I was going. Yeah. Uh, so that's relatively. You see the patterns. Okay, I made this mistake, or I should focus more on compactness or whatever. It's patterns or system principles, but now it comes down to you. So you get you get recorded as well. How does it go? 
Um, so we had she got head of coaching. Um, we'll come down. So we've got a new head of coaching actually, um, a guy called Anthony. Like he, he he's really good at the moment. We had a pre. I've always had good relationships with my head of coaching. I got um, I had one called John Allpress. He was uh, he was an FA coach developer, um, national team, and he came over and he was outstanding for me. Like you know, he would come over and challenge me. Why, why have you done that? Uh, what 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 are you getting out for him? What is he getting out of it? And he'd be like, um. Well, I'm doing that because, yeah, yeah, that's great. But what is he getting out of it? So it's great. Yeah. It looks brilliant. The session does. But yeah. he's not getting enough out of it. Yeah. You know, all the crosses have been and on the floor. There's been none in the air. find the holes in your game. Or yeah, yeah the holes constantly. In your, in your yeah. Constantly. And that's the way I actually found some will be a little bit more, oh, that's really good session. And I got to the point, I didn't want to hear anything good. Right. You know, I just wanted to know, like, like what do you think? Like, you know, where, where could I be better? Um, what did you think of the session? Um, and that's where it just became a real, like, it's great to say, well done. I liked your session, but I always, I, I, I never want to hear that. Um, so I banned the word good. So if I asked the players, like, oh, what do you think of the session today? And they said, oh yeah, it was good. No, you're not allowed to say that. Okay. You can't say yeah. that. You know, you have to, what was good? What didn't you like? Um, and I always get the same for anyone that watches the session. Don't say, yeah, I thought your session was good today. Like, All right. Well, what was good about it? Or what yeah. didn't you like? And that's the way I always, I always work over that. I, I love to get filmed. Your evaluation as well. Yeah. Always. Okay. Always. And yeah, the head yeah. of coaching. So, and then do you look at your, well, uh, to go back to the, so the players is one. I, I like to do that as well, especially maybe five seconds after the session plan or training exercise stopped. Okay. How was this? Because then you get honest feedback, at least yeah. if the atmosphere is like that, which I think in your case is. Um, and also, if something doesn't work and people, three or more players are complaining, then you should acknowledge, okay, this is not working. I didn't, I yeah. didn't properly think this through or whatever. It, it came out different than I thought. Yeah. Um, and then you have, then somebody's there with a camera once in yeah. a while, I can imagine, or maybe every yeah, time. Yeah. Yeah, once in a while. Yeah, and do you, is it on your request or is it something that's built in in the in, in the club or? Um, some sometimes it's just random. It's just be like I'm yeah. filming you today. Okay, you know, like when when you're you're just setting up at night, you're like, oh, like okay. all right, then come in, okay. you know. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, you know. So, but I I prefer that because I think if you say no, it's because you're worried about something. Yeah. You know, you, you're worried, you know, so, and that's the best time to be filmed, you know, because you, you, you then, then you're going to see like why you were worried, you know, so, um, yeah, I, you know, some people get really annoyed of it, but I'm at the point where like, if they come great, if they don't, no problem, because ultimately the, the players are going to be the best judges anyway. And, you know, that's why I always, I also ring the players afterwards, not all the time, but if I didn't think it was a great session, I'd be, I'd ring them afterwards or, drop on a message and say, what, what do you think of training today? Um, you know, like, did, did you like that bit that I did there? Or uh, what, what were your thoughts on it? And some of the feedback is amazing. It's so good. Um, that's the best, especially on match days when you're planning for matches. Like, they'll be like, can you do that again? Or, no, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah. And they can think, they are mature enough to think in the process as well. And they have good input as well. Yeah. You have 20 players on the pitch that all know football. They're already, already playing it for 12 years or yeah. longer even. So you, yeah. they, they can give you a lot of input as well, especially on game day. 
maybe in yeah. tactical decisions or how does it feel when we do this and this. You get a lot of feedback yeah. input from the players. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. What was the what was the the thing that you learned from from looking at yourself? What was the thing that you maybe didn't realize what you were doing as type of coaching or maybe being the content guy now? But um um uh, what was the thing that that, no, that you noticed when you when you saw yourself during a session or during a game? Um I say during the sessions <clears throat> I, I sometimes felt that I, I probably I moved on too quickly. Yeah. Um, so especially on some of the, the technical areas where the players really needed to, some of the players got it. So I've got a thing where you, I only teach to the top of the class. So once the top of the class has got it, I'll move on um, yeah. because you got to catch up because yeah. there isn't time. Um, but actually, sometimes you might just have to change that top of the class a little bit, make them do a little bit extra or make it a little bit more difficult and then allow the others to catch up because if the golf gets too big on certain things, then you're failing not only the top but the bottom. So, you know, like that's something I, I definitely looked at. I looked at some of the sessions. I was like, move on, next one, no, no. Like, you know, you're not good enough at that, so we're going to stay there. But actually, we needed to stay there a little bit longer for those just to get a little bit closer yeah. to allow it to be a bit smoother. So, Even yeah, more that, relevant maybe now that you have such – such a shift in players so you think this is yeah. the top but maybe your top players are not even there yet yeah. you have the youngsters and so the top is now maybe a little bit lower or yeah. the average is different you constantly have to find yeah, your own your new your new level again like you almost change the lens in your glasses yeah. didn't you yeah. like you know where the lens is so clear and you can see it but you know when your optician comes and takes one out and puts one in yeah, like yeah. you know you you got to probably just use the second one a little be a bit more patient you know, and then wait because those top ones, you're right, they're gone, and the lens is still with the the class yeah. lens. But actually, you know, you just got to change it a little bit. Yeah, interesting, recognizable for me as well. Okay, so uh, you find every moment that that your wife allows you to develop at home. That's kind of yeah. what I'm hearing. Yeah, it's also very recognizable. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, well, and the kids come in to play and smash the laptop once in a while. Yeah. Well, I can yeah. imagine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's the, that's the thing you you have uh, you have your sessions filmed. You talk with a lot of it's it's very like it's, it's there's a lot of moments that you use I think to reflect. Is there also a specific routine for yourself that you maybe you write things down or or there's a development plan for yourself? Um, and you, I guess the routine is probably post. So you use your laptops. Um, so straight after the games, <clears throat> once I watch it back. I'll always make notes on. Yeah. So the best way I try to do this is for the individuals, whatever their targets are um, and what the game plan is. So free in possession, free out of possession. I'll always make notes on those because that will tell me whether or not I was clear enough in their training development individually and collectively as a team. Um, and then we will obviously debrief together as a squad and I'll ask them, what are their thoughts on the targets? Um, and if they hit the same sort of things that I've hit, then I know we've matched a little bit. Or if we haven't, there's someone's got it wrong somewhere along the line. Um, so that's, I, I always do that as well as using time code. So I've got my analyst guy who you know, always like, gives me the codes, etc. but I like to do it myself. Um, yeah. I learned to code myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't, before I never had to do that. 
because someone would do it for you. But now, I mean, I learned to code. I know how to do everything myself. Um, and that just, that just helps you have a little bit more of an edge. Yeah. Okay. So an extra skill that, that imprints more moments and more, yeah. Uh, more, yeah, more development moments, evaluation moments. Yeah. 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 Okay. Great. Great. Okay. Before you, uh, before we started, you, uh, you said, okay, I've made some notes. What, what's the most important thing in your notes that we haven't discussed? Um, oh, you've hit a lot of them, to be fair. <laughs> um, yeah. I didn't yeah, you've know. done well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you've done well. Done really well. Kids, kids um, probably, this is probably the biggest one I've got written down, is kids first, players second. Okay. That's what do you mean with that? Probably. I can't imagine, but. Uh, it's just, um, it's, it's just, my big thing is, Football has a way of magnifying and making young players and kids, no matter whether you're coaching nines, tens, elevens, or you're coaching at under 23s, anything that is under 18, they're children. Yeah. They're children. They're 15 years old, 16 years old, 17 years old, 18 years old. They're still being looked after by their parents, even an 18 year old. You know, he's a child, you know, he, yeah. he or she, they, they're young. So I think you should always remember that no matter however stressful the job gets or how emotional the game may be, that their kids first and their players second. Um, and that's what I always try to work off of. So I, I'll never swear. I try my best to never swear um, because you should be articulate enough. You wouldn't swear in the maths class at you no, know, in school. I swear in this podcast, you know? sorry, guys. So, <laughs> I didn't hear it. It must have beeped out. <laughs> <laughs> I but, can beep uh, it out afterwards. <laughs> Nobody knows that I yeah. beeped it out. Like, no. Yeah, no, you don't know, right? But I think that's where, you know, that's where we've got to remember as coaches that let's not forget that as passionate as we are, the kids first, yeah. players second. And yeah, that's the way. That would be it. There's an, uh, there's, well, I've referred to it, I think, already sooner than this interview with Van Nistelrooy. He said, okay, we're treating players, especially players between, let's say, 10 and 15. We're not treating them as children. We're, we're treating them as young adults. Mm. Uh, they are into video analysis, performance environments. Everything is already on top of their, uh, in to on top of their game. Every minute is used in their lives. Um, and they they almost burn out at the point that they should they should be on top when they yeah. should through and they were eighteen nineteen they should be then hungry to learn instead of tired yeah uh, how do you how do you connect to this this to um, statement is that is yeah. it something you see or uh, oh all the time because it becomes Groundhog Day sometimes you you remember that some of these boys are in these academies from nine years old yeah. And they almost become mini pros. And we had a little laugh on the joke earlier about, you know, they get their wash bags, they walk in their sandals, they got their headphones on, yeah. you, know, like they, you know, they're walking in. And, but then you look at that, and to me, that's worrying because I'm thinking, like, everything revolves around you being a professional footballer. But, you know, like, come on, I don't, you know, let's, don't forget to have a kiss with your girlfriend around the back of the, the bike shed, you know, like, you know, let, let's, don't forget the importance of growing up and, playing runouts with your mates and, you know, knock down ginger running away and, you know, like these things, you know, driving down a hill on a, on a trolley and, 
You know, all these little things I think you you can't take away from the kids. You that's why I'm so big on creating the environments of making it fun because they spend a lot of time there and a lot of these kids will never even win a trophy at grassroots level because they're in academies. And when do you get a trophy in an academy? You you don't, you know? So how can you recreate those opportunities to be kids? And I think it can be too serious and that can be dangerous. Yeah, I think so too. Especially also with amateur clubs when where there are ambitious coaches and they want to go to the pros themselves. So they treat their kids as pros as well. Yeah. It's a very very fine line that we move on as coaches yeah even in your level which is almost the top level you still have to acknowledge that probably 90 percent of them won't make it yeah um and you have to find a way that they learn to live as well yeah uh, otherwise yeah it's gonna be a crooked situation for them they've been in this rigid life the first 18 years and then yeah what they have to learn they yeah. They have always been in, yeah, well, we don't have to go into the, to that at all, but I think it's very important that I was, I realized that even as an amateur coach, I was always performing and winning, but there's so much more to football. In, in, yeah. 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 It's an interesting discussion. Okay. Um, well, then we go to the last two questions for you. Cool. Are you a reader? I am. I wow. am. Okay. Yeah. How many books a year? Uh, oh, not that much for real. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. You read once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I will try and do probably two to three um, a year. Yeah. Um, but I am I am quite big on podcasts at the moment yeah, as well. Okay, me too. Um, so, yeah, I, because of my drive to work is yeah. now an hour and 20 minutes or so. Okay, this far. So, um, yeah, I, I, I like to listen to loads of you know, YouTube to podcast to yeah. uh, the works. Um, I listen you know, to books. I can highly recommend you. Oh yeah, definitely. Why not? I, uh, for me, uh, I used to drive as well. Mm. 30 minutes every day. It's an hour every day. A book is averaged six to eight hours. So you can listen to a book in two weeks. Yeah. That's perfect. Well, I'm not saying books are holy, but that helped me. And uh, then I said, like, I'm not really a reader. But then mm. people were saying, okay, this and this book, and I, I think I read them all. I didn't read them. I listened yeah. to them all. Yeah. Uh, in I still do it. But not only now, I have a 20-minute bike ride. Yeah. It still works. Okay, but go on. It still works. Yeah, no, I'm recommending some books now. I've got my pen out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, um, well, no okay. I, you, you had the list, so I'm curious. Um, what, so I, I guess one of my – I'll tell you, it's a real strange one. There's a there's a book I, I like. It's called like the Fred Factor. Fred um, Factor. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's it's like it's a it's a book. It's like it's by Mark Sanborn, but it's just about sort of your passion in your work and how you sort of bring it, you know, your life balance into that, um, and how you sort of turn ordinary events into that extraordinary event. So, but it's always about connections with people and you know small things like saying thank you and how you make people feel, yeah. um, and like taking sort of your service to another level. Um, I really enjoyed that book. Uh, so that's one of my, that's one of my reads. Um, another book I probably liked was, and you probably, this must've been said on the show before I'm sure is legacy by James Kerr, yeah. the all blacks. Um, yeah. that's an outstanding book for culture and leadership. Um, that's fantastic. Um, 
that's one of that's one of my favorite books there is um i'd probably mention the ones that are people have said um and the other one is raising boys okay uh, so some raising boys is a nice one because obviously a load of us is as um, coaches predominantly um, working in the male field. Um, but there is one for any ladies that are listening, you know, called Raising Girls as well, uh, okay. written by the same guy. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it, that, that's also a good book. But those, those two books are okay. quite good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Legacy is discussed earlier. Also, one one of our webinars. Um, actually, when this podcast is launched, the day before. We have a webinar with Peter Schrasserbet. He's a coach of the U16s of the national teams of the Netherlands. And he also is yeah. really a big fan of this book. He uses, the, he uses the examples also in his, in his work when, especially leadership and creating an atmosphere, which is yeah. every time short for him. So he has his team only maybe a week or 10 days and then mm. it's gone. So he uses that as well. So it's a recognizable book. But the yeah. threat factor, I really like that because in my daily ambition and working hard and, and yeah, you kind of forget the small things. Yeah. And you get so much joy out of talking to somebody or asking how they are when they are at the yeah. register or whatever, small things. Yeah. Uh, make the, make a big difference for them, but also for yourself. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly, exactly, exactly it. Uh, AJ. Those small little details and that people don't realize how big they are and small little thank yous and yeah, small little positivity bits are amazing. I don't think we, we probably know just how big they are and what, what they can do and having that positive mindset. Yeah. You know? And you can actually train it for yourself as well. You have to really be conscious doing it first. So if you don't you do it, to. it's not there. But if you yeah. find yourself, okay, I'm going to say hi to three people. Yeah, whatever today, yeah. and at one point, you become a nice person. It's so crazy, but if you yeah. use, use the habit, yeah, and, and then life is a lot, a lot of okay. Now we're getting really philosophic and dramatic. Yeah, right? we are. No, but it's actually yeah. it really yeah. really works. Also, if it you does. feel if you feel like shit, yeah. if you do those things, it makes you feel so much better. It does. Um, Tell yourself what you think of three really good things. You know, of your however you're feeling, or you're getting ready for this. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah, we are, we are, but wow. no, that's great, great, great. The threat the factor. Yeah. Okay, perfect. We have one last thing. Mm -hmm. Who should we talk to next? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you two. I'm going to give you a very good friend of mine. Um, yeah. We worked at Spurs together. Yeah. Um, we've been at Reading together. Okay. Um, and he's just become the assistant manager of Arsenal under 23s yeah. um so his name is Mehmet Ali yeah. so um he'll be one and then the other one is uh I say he's a young coach but he's he's getting up there now uh, okay. a guy called Ryan Hall um, and he works with the younger players um at Tottenham Hotspurs so I think there'll be two very very good ones for you to Ray, you got now you've got a derby as well. You've got Tottenham. Yeah, exactly. Arsenal. We're going so, back to you know, London yeah. Road, uh, here, or you're yeah. still living in London, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm still in London. But yeah. you got a nice derby between one yeah. of them. You can you you'll yeah, get one of them, them make sure. at the same time. Yeah. Oh, that. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, great. Well, let's try to catch them up, catch up with them, and uh, yeah, get them in uh, inside the coach's room. Yeah, I'll try my best for you. Okay, Michael, I really, really yeah. enjoyed this talk. 
Thank you very much. Same. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. There's, there's much more uh, in this story with you, and I would love to do it again. Yeah. Now, I think you've shared a lot of interesting insights in your daily work, especially in the, yeah how COVID affects your daily work, how it affects the process of talent development. Actually, literally, more changes, yeah. more moving of players, and what does that what it, what does it do with you, etc. How you develop uh, is interesting. I think it's pretty recognizable for coaches as well. But I also like that you use your network, in this, which is very important. Important. Uh, and you gave me, well, two. I cannot read every book that every coach recommends, uh, and then my yeah. is going to kill me. But um, no, I really like. Uh, yeah. I really like the the small details that you just uh, closed up with. So, thank you very much, Michael. Pleasure. Thank you. No, for, thank you. Pleasure. Thank you for being thank here. You. Pleasure. Take care. Speak soon, thank you. Speak soon, Michael. Yeah. Peace. Bye. Bye. Thank you.